Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. For whatever the reason, this particular season, juncture, whatever you want to call it in my life, God is really honing in on some things that I just had wrong. Some things that I had ideals about, some things that I thought I was doing out of the goodness of just my heart or my efforts or whatever it is, I really thought that I was doing a good thing. And God showed me that there's a difference between doing a good thing and a God thing. That there's a difference between actually walking out something in full and total obedience rather than you are just complying with the plan that you put together. And in this particular season, what he is trying to literally, he's doing an amazing job. God bless him. Uh, God bless him. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. But he is actually doing something in the area of building and planning. And he's speaking to me. He's actually refining it in a way that I, I'm like, this would have saved me so much. I, I wonder how many other people are operating in this way and don't even know it. But the one thing that I can honestly say is I am so grateful that he is showing me this now because I know that nothing is coincidental. I know that nothing is happenstance. I understand that God is a God that he creates the external environment and all the things that you will need before he actually brings you on the scene. We see it in Genesis. He went the extra mile to make sure that there was light and there was water and it was the trees and the vegetation and all these other things and the fish in the sea and the, and the, fly, um, what are the things that fly? Oh yeah. <laughs> birds, the birds in the air and all these other different things. And he went the extra mile to make sure that he didn't just create you first. He wanted to make sure that he created you where you are actually in good company of the rest of the things that he created. God is the God that he is so interested on what you are surrounded by. He is so interested on what your purpose is going to be that he doesn't just get you there and then have you waiting like, Oh, wait a minute. You need something to do. Don't you hold on as a matter Matter of fact, I should create some animals now. He's not a, oh, wait, by the way, I didn't factor that in kind of God. He is the God that he's like, I've already created all these things just for you. I've already had that in mind. I already knew that I was going to bring the animals to Adam anyway. I already knew that I was going to create light because I wanted him to be able to see some things. I already had that in mind because when I created this, he was the person I had in mind from the beginning. And so I am being reintroduced to a God that builds and a God that builds with such intentionality that even on our best day with the best counsel, with the best of heart, that we could never, ever, ever rise to the occasion to build the way that God builds. And so I am learning to just simply submit the building process to him. He gives the instruction. I follow the instruction out to completion and he goes ahead and he builds upon that. But I don't have to come up with the bright idea. I don't have to come up with, okay, all the resources. I don't have to come up with, well, who's going to help me with this? I don't have to come up with, okay, I need a strategy and a marketing plan. I don't have to come up with any of that because I have never seen it illustrated as such in the Bible. 
When Jesus sent them out two by two, he was like, don't you take nothing with you. Whoever welcomes you, you stay in their home and do A, B, and C. Whoever doesn't, you dust your feet, you keep it moving. It wasn't a whole bunch of like, okay, listen, so the plan is, and then I need y'all to, and make sure you take this, and then make sure you find your niche. And then it wasn't all of that. And I feel like we have come to a place that we forgot that the, we need to just submit to the one who builds and has built stuff that we can see to this day. Like God is a God that builds and is everlasting. God is a God that puts things together and is forever, ever. God is the God that when he goes ahead and he looks at what a person can actually go ahead and carry out that he had you in mind. He didn't say, okay, you know what? I know that you're a human, but I really want you to have giraffe like qualities. When he made you, he made an environment and a plan and a purpose that literally has you in mind. So you don't have to look like somebody else. You don't have to carry out God's will for your life like somebody else. That's why it's so important to be authentic. That's why it's so important to make sure you have your ear to God that you can take other people's principles, but make sure you go back to your God and say, Hey, does any of this apply to my life that you have the purpose that you have over me? Should I go ahead and take the fruit of somebody else's tree and add it to the recipe that you're doing in my life? If not, you congratulate, but you discard. Because so many times people are looking outside the window trying to manifest things in their home. And it's like, wait a minute, what you don't understand is that that is a totally different blueprint. That is a totally different floor plan. That is a totally different house altogether. Let the house be a part of the subdivision, but do not add that to your life. You need to understand that there are certain people that are going across and walking out certain things that it's like, listen, that's what God has for you. God intended for you to be the giraffe. God intended for you to be the alligator. God intended for you to be the lion. God intended for you to be the panther. And while we all may have similar ecosystems, we all have different purposes. And I think that everyone in the animal kingdom gets that. Everyone that the, all the plants, the vegetation, they get that. The only species that does not understand or comprehend that to its totality are human beings. And it's like, where did we learn to just be, as I so lovingly coined, the BBL of, of the, of the species? It's okay to be encouraged by something. It's okay to be inspired by someone. It's okay to go ahead because again, there is a power in seeing God work in someone's life and believing that God can work in our lives the way that he wants to work. But there is a fine line between being inspired by you and being influenced by you. And because that word is just thrown around, influencer, 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 and we don't really put too much thought into that, it's listen, you can be inspired by he, she, but you better not be influenced to the point that you start to be the carbon copy of he, she. Do you understand that? And I feel like in this season, God is like, listen, if I can just get your attention long enough to show you what I'm trying to build in your life, if I can get, get your attention long enough to show you that you have a purpose that is just as important, stop looking at other people's gifts or other people's blessings or other people's whatever and looking at that like it's a higher value than what God has placed on you. I'm sorry, it's the same because we're all a part of the body. Imagine a foot looking at the hand like... 
man, you have way more exposure. People get to see you more. People get to know, but you don't understand foot. We don't get to walk if you're not a part of the body. We don't get to travel and go places and maneuver without the, without the foot. Like without you being a part of the body, we suffer. Imagine the eye looking at an, another part of the body, maybe the ear, and they're like, I just feel like you, you know, you get the little cute earmuff things and people get to put earrings on you. And I just feel like, man, like it's such an integral part of like hairstyles and all of that. People get to put jewelry on you and stuff. And I just feel like I don't get that much play. And it's like, but listen, we can't hear danger without you. We can't hear applause without you. We wouldn't even be able to enjoy music and be able to enjoy movies. Like there's certain things that you bring to the body that listen, you may be different but you're just equally as important, if not more. And if we really started looking at each other in that way, that no, it's not a better than, it's not a, oh, your particular purpose or your particular gifting or your particular whatever is way more better than mine because I don't even know what to do with this flimsy little whatever. I don't know even know what to do, how to navigate this life with the gift that God gave me. And you're looking at other people like their gift is platinum and God gave you brass. That's kind of insulting. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit gave out gifts to everyone. Imagine standing in line, being excited in the spiritual realm about the gift that you're going to receive and then looking down the line to your left or to your right. And you so fixated on what other people got that the Holy Spirit is looking at you like you didn't enjoy what I gave you. Like, did you open it up? If you didn't understand it, how come you didn't bring it back to me in prayer and say, Holy Spirit, can you help me to see the value in what you gifted me with? Like, I couldn't imagine how the Holy Spirit feels. And he's like, for 20 years, you've been looking at the left and to the right. You never even unboxed what I gave you. You never even went further to say, okay, so this is the gift that you gave me for the world. Okay, so how do? what's the vehicle in which you want me to go ahead and be sent out through the earth and, and make disciples of? And you told me that you wanted me to do all these different things, but he can't even get you on the path to carrying out your purpose because you're so busy looking at your partner. You're so busy looking at your family member. You're so busy looking at whoever influences you. And it's like, I'm sorry, but you have a gift too. Yeah, but I just got a cooking gift. I don't got a singing gift. Like, wait a minute. Yeah, God just gave me a gift that I just really, I'm really good with organization and cleaning. I don't have the business acumen. Like, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, God just gave it that I'm just really, really good with kids and that I have a heart and discernment for small children, you know, and the protection and the raising thereof. I, I don't have the, um, the lucrative gift that such and such has. Wait a minute. What do you deem lucrative? What do you deem lucrative? Is that a financial thing that you look at it like, oh, okay, that person has it better because they can make more money? I'm sorry. You, you mean to tell me that lucrative is way more important than raising the next generation? to changing the trajectory of multiple people's bloodlines. I'm sorry. Did we not? Did you really look at the contents of what the Holy spirit graced you and blessed you and gifted you with? I I ain't going to hold you. I don't want to say that somebody's bigger than the other, but mm, if I had to choose between money or the people that are going to live in on the earth that I'm going to be on, I kind of think that I want 
you know, good stewards o- over children so that we can have more good fruit in the, on the earth. You see what I'm saying? It's like, mm. but I think that just comes from not really understanding the value, not understanding what God has placed in you and not really understanding the gift. We find it in thrift stores all the time. We look around like, oh my gosh, somebody gave this up. <laughs> I'm looking at the tag, looking around, make sure nobody else is looking like, I, I hope they don't catch it. They made a mistake and come back for it. Like, wait a minute. I didn't mean to give that up. And it's like, you know what? But somebody at some point looked at it like, eh, it's not what it used to be. It's not the latest and the greatest, but like, yeah, but this is a classic piece. Like this is a timeless situation. Like you wanted to give that up. And I feel like that is a perfect depiction of what we do with our spiritual gifts. And so I came across the Holy Spirit had me grace Psalm 127. And this is what really kind of conjured up all these different like, wait a minute, God, you got to teach me about this building process and building in vain and how all that works. Psalm 127 and God is so uh, crunk. I I didn't even get past the first two verses. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. The slap. The spiritual slap, yeah, I'm still trying to get the um the numbness <laughs> to come back and the swelling to go down. You understand? Uh, you know, I read in the NLT version. So Psalm 127, I'm going to read from verse 1. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. Two, it is useless For you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. And that was the inception of the concrete plan that I had in mind breaking. God literally had to show me. Look around. There is a division in your life. And so I looked around, I'm like, no, everything is pretty much harmonious. Like my relationships, the people that I care about, they know I care about them. Like, I don't really. And he's like, "Mm -mm." see, when you hear division, you think I'm quarreling. You think that there is like some type of anxious or like, you know, argumentative situation there. I'm not saying division as in um, two people or two persons or two parties. I'm saying divide in the vision. Because when I look over your life, I see that half of this is things that you brought in to the chat. And then half of that is things that I'm trying to bring into the chat. And so you're doing things like I grace you with it, but then you go off and you try to maintain it by yourself. Or I go ahead and give you a bright idea and then you push it back to a time frame that you feel is going to be the most opportune or lucrative or whatever. And he's like, yes. So, um, the thing about, uh, life is there needs to be one vision over a person's life. There needs to be one plan over a person's life. There needs to be one purpose over a person's life. He's like, you don't see that in recipes. It can't be that we're baking a lemon cake and then also baking lasagna. Like you, when you look at a recipe, it is clear cut. There is a title. This is what we're going to 
go forth and make. It's the ingredients that go along with the purpose of what we're getting ready to make. It's the things that you need. But everything on this list, all the instructions on this thing, they all point back to what are we making. But when I look at your life, I see division. I see a little bit of your bright idea and then a little bit of what I purpose for you. And so at some point, you're going to have to decide what vision takes over. And I was like, okay, I realized that I didn't understand truly how God builds in a person's life. That I thought if God gave you an idea that you're supposed to be a good steward, maximize it, do all the things. And he's like, no, see, that's what Abram, Abram and Sarai did. I told them that they was going, he was going to be a father of many nations. I told him that he was going to have descendants so much. He can't even count the sandwich. He can't even count the stars. And they were like, oh snap, that's dope. And then they took the title of the recipe, what I was going to set forth and do in his life. And then they started going ahead and producing and gathering their own ingredients. And they put together an Ishmael. I never, I didn't tell them what I was setting out to do in their lives for them to go ahead and get into busy work. I wanted them to just be still. I wanted them to just be available. I wanted them to just be a vessel, but they got so enamored with, Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited. This is going to be great that they went ahead and they stepped outside of my timing. They stepped outside of my process. They stepped outside of my perfect will for their lives. And if I'm honest, I was doing a lot of Sarai work where I heard what God said. And I'm like, okay, so God put it that I'm going, I have a leadership kind of thing to me. And he put this anointing over me. So, uh, let me see, this would do best at this particular job. And so let's go ahead and go over there. And, and I guess the thing about it is we get confused or at least I, I can speak for myself in that to me, I always thought that if God didn't intend it, then God wouldn't have allowed it. And then he showed me again. He was like, didn't I allow Ishmael? And I was like, ooh. So the whole litmus test of, well, if God don't want me to do it, he'll stop me. It's like, no, 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 no. Because depending on where you're at in the spirit, God feels like, yo, if I told you that I was going to bring you a son, your level of maturity should have been, then God is going to have to show me how to produce it. Or God's going to have to go ahead and however he sees fit, bring it into my life. But I know that I don't have no, um, if he said that I was going to board a son, then definitely he's not saying anything about Hagar because that was nowhere in the sentence. It gets to a point that God is like, listen, I cannot override your free will. I already told you what it was from the beginning. So at some point you're living test to mm, this may not be correct is just simply go back to what I said. Did I say anything about Hagar? No. Oh, okay. So why, why did Hagar enter the chat? Can you explain that to me? I was like, you know what? All this time I thought God will block it. Yes. He will block you from danger. He will block you from things that he cannot go ahead. And if it said that he makes all things work together in Romans eight twenty eight, he will block it. If he feel like this ain't going to be no part of your good, I ain't even going to hold you. But 
He will not block your free will. If that's the case, he could have blocked what Adam did. He could have blocked what Eve did. He could have blocked the whole, what Judas did. He could have blocked all that. But at some point he's like, I put enough in you that you should know what part of this to do and what not to do. And if you ever are reluctant, the one thing that's going to always be the sounding board is go back to the Holy Spirit and say, listen, I'm about to do something with Hagar. Do you think this is a good idea? Even if you have spiritual amnesia where you forgot what he said a couple of minutes ago, okay? And so that started getting my attention. So I was like, yo, God allowed it because essentially he wanted me to see how does it feel when you built on your own? I was like, whew. I was looking at jobs that I had. I was like, Lord, heavy. How does it feel when you try to build relationships on your own? Lord, <laughs> I don't want to be any kind of glue in a relationship ever again. Right. How does it feel when you try to go ahead and pursue the big tangible things in your life in your own strength? Yeah. <laughs> Because I remember that one time I tried that one thing and I just thought in the name of Jesus, just slap that on. But it was really fueled and, 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 and the inception of it was all through me. And so I just thought, you know, go ahead and go forth and then slap on the name of Jesus. And it was like, mm. oh, the Bible says that when he gives a blessing, he gives it without sorrow. But I'm very much feeling the sorrow. <laughs> yeah, the row, all of it, it, it is, is really feeling. And so he he blessed me enough to help me to see what it feels like when I have to keep something together, how many jobs you got to get to make this all come about, how many brainstorming, how much networking, how many restless nights, how much of your peace needs to be stolen, how much of it needs to keep going array before you're like, you know what? Something is off. And so I asked God, I said, show me the proper way to view building. Like, just show me that. And he blessed me enough to show me Noah. I am learning so much from Noah that I'm just like, how come I have not, like, this is like, again, wherever you're at in your spiritual walk, wherever you're at in your life, God will go ahead and unveil, unveil and reveal what you need to see in that moment. Because as many times as I read Noah, I did not see him in this light. And I'm just like, I understand now. Thank you, Lord. So when I went to Genesis 6, there was something that really, really stood out to me. How precise God was with his instruction on what to do. And the fact that he gave Noah so much instruction he gave him the who, what, when, why, sometimes how. Like he went ahead and really gave the like, listen, I'm getting ready to break this down to you to so the elemental piece. So I want to actually read that. I want to read Genesis 6. I want to start at 9 actually. So 9. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. I'm going to jump down to 13. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. 14. Build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls throughout its interior. 15. 
Make the boat 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. 16. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. 17. Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that would destroy everything living that breathes. Everything on earth will die. 18. But I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. 19. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, a male and a female, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. 20. Pairs of every kind of bird and every kind of animal and every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground will come to you to be kept alive. 21. And be sure to take on board enough food for your family and for all the animals. 22. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. That got my attention. I said, now wait a minute. <laughs> It's a couple of things in here that I'm like, wait a minute. God was so detailed. There was no room for miscalculation. You want to know how I know why? Because no one ever said, hold on, let me, let me clarify. God was clear. He was concise. He trusted Noah enough to go ahead and tell him why he was getting ready to do a thing on and what brought him to that. It's almost like they were having a board meeting and, and Noah was just sitting there with the paper like, oh, okay, I'm getting inside scoop information. Nobody else is at this meeting. It's just a one-on-one situation. You trust me enough. And I looked at it and I said, God, what was it about Noah that made you feel that in sync with him that you trusted his character? You trusted him to give him a plethora of information. And it's because of what is said in verse nine. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. So it seems to me that you get the most instructions when your fellowship is strengthened with God. It seems to me that you get some inside scoop information on how to build a thing when you have close fellowship with God. It seems to me that if everybody else in your family is not doing whatever, if everybody else in your company is not doing whatever, if everybody else at your fill in the blank is not doing whatever, that it does not have anything to do with you. That if you could be the one person that God can look at and look at your character and call you blameless and call you righteous, but still look at you and say, but we have a close fellowship. You get the inside scoop on things that other people don't get. And this chapter ends with saying, so Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. And when I went to the next chapter, I, I realized something else. So the first chapter, first verse says, when everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, go into the boat with all your family for among all the people of the earth. I can see that you alone are righteous. Pause. Something about his character. God was like, yo, I knew that you was this way before I gave you this instruction. But the fact that you, you carried it out in such obedience, the fact that you said, you know what? No questions asked God. I'm a vessel here. I am. Send me my life will totally look like from the heavenly realm. Yes. And amen. I'm not questioning you. I'm not giving you my bright idea. I'm not bargaining with you. I'm going to go ahead and do exactly what you said to do. God, it, it, after he finishes everything, God was like, yo, I can see that you alone are righteous. 
God, you said it again. But didn't you know that I was righteous when you called me? Yeah, but there's a certain kind of righteousness that needs to stay with you. Everybody can go ahead or most people go ahead and have the righteousness already beforehand when God is letting them know this is what I want to do. But there's something else about, but can you keep that righteousness? Can you keep that fellowship? Can you keep that uprightness about you even through the process? Even when you see that that is slow, but it's not delayed. Even when you see like, oh, I mean, I'm getting tired. I, I don't really want to the thing that me, probably rises up in you and makes you want to cut a corner the thing that rises up in you and say you know what nobody else is building no boat I ain't about to spend the rest of my life and my good years my good golden years building no boat that God can see wow I knew you were righteous before I called you but the fact that you are carrying this out with a level of obedience that is not even seen in in your lifetime in your generation man <laughs> I can see that you alone are righteous. But then when I went down to verse five, there was a couple of things that got my attention too. So Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. It, 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 the Bible says it again, cause God gave him more instruction. But when I, and Noah was verse six, Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth. Okay. 13. That very day, Noah had gone into the boat with his wife and his son, Shem, Ham, and Jepheth, and their wives. 14. With them in the boat were pairs of every kind of animal, domestic and wild, large and small, along with birds of every kind. 15. Two by two, they came into the boat, representing every living thing that breathes. 16. A male and female of each kind entered, just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them pause a few things why did God call Noah righteous after he built everything because I don't know if you noticed but um everybody kind of at some points gets confirmation on what they're supposed to do not everybody carries it out the way that God wanted them to yet it's something about having a stick to itness that it's like wow Noah <laughs> You really, you saw this through because I don't know exactly how long it took him to build this boat, but I can guarantee you it wasn't a two week bid. It wasn't a 30, 30 day bid. It wasn't a, oh, okay, you know what? Take, take the weekend off and just go ahead and build. Like this thing had to be built by somebody who was like, I'm going to see this through until it's finished. I'm going to see this through until what God said is actually completed. And I am not moving from this space. I am not moving from this place until what God said comes to pass because he told it to me. And so because he told it to me, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to activate my faith and what are you doing? I'm building what God said to build, how God said to build it. Yeah, but you know, such and such did it this way, and she got her business off the ground within that amount of time. Such and such met her husband this way, and then they got married within that amount of time. And it's such and such, yeah, but you know what? I need to build this the way that God said to build this because God had something in mind when he said to do it this way. And I know that you probably met him that way. I know you probably met her that way. I know you probably got your promotion this way, but there is something 
learned about the fact that God went through such great lengths to give me such detailed instructions that I do not want to miss out on, oh my gosh, that's why he said to put the window up there. Oh no, because I don't want to be caught out in a space that he was trying to protect me from because I cut a corner because I didn't feel like being completely obedient. There's something in that. There's something in the fact that God was like, now I can see that you alone really are righteous, bro. Because you know how many times I told somebody something and they was like, yes, Lord. And then they went ahead and did it their way. You know how many times somebody was like, you know what? And you are Lord and savior. Yeah. But you forgot the Lord part. You believe that Jesus can save you, but you didn't give Jesus control to be Lord over your life, over your circumstance. Yeah. You, you say, Oh, Holy spirit, help me. But then when he tells you what to do, you ignore him and you grieve him. Hmm. Yet there's something about staying righteous throughout the entire process, not just being righteous enough to be called, to be trusted with something, but righteous enough that you carry it through. That's a different kind of trust. God was like, yo, now I can see you alone <laughs> at 600 years old, bruh, you, you alone. I know it wasn't convenient. I know this wasn't the most opportune time. I know you was like, bruh, why didn't you call me when I was 20 years old? You're going to wait time 600 of them things. And it's like, but God is looking at, are you looking at all the variables and seeing how much obedience you're about to give me? Or are you looking at the fact that God, I don't care if you called me when I was 900, whatever you said, I'm going to go ahead and do, I'm not going to be like Abraham and look at my situation. Like, why would he do this at a hundred? I'm not going to look at the people surrounding me like, Oh, and Sarah, she's 90. So this is going to be ridiculous. I'm not looking at that. I'm not looking at my variables and coming up with my own conclusion. I'm looking at the fact that, wow, you trusted me even in this season to go ahead and carry this out. My life will scream. Yes. And amen. Period. And so the thing about that is what also got my attention is, well, how do you, how do you know that God built the thing? Because there's always elements to what he asks you to do that you have no control over. You literally have no control, bruh. He literally told him, <laughs> uh, 14 with them in the boat were pairs of every kind of animal, domestic and wild, large and small, along with the birds of every kind. Fifteen, two by two, they came into the boat representing every living thing that breathes. Um, I'm sorry. Noah didn't have a good Wi-Fi. <laughs> Noah didn't have, you know, connections to the reservoirs and the people who be out in, you know, the animal planets. And, bro, how do you know all the, Noah was a vineyard. He went ahead and had wine and, and grapes and he was doing that. He don't know the difference between nobody's domestic and wild. I'm so, what's the difference? Huh? Oh, look at the hooves. Like we don't, we don't have time to be figuring out that kind of stuff. And we look at the parts that we're, we are not supposed to have any control over. And we look at it like God, but I don't know how to fill in the blank, but God, I don't, I, I didn't go to school for fill in the blank, but God, I, you know, I, this particular area, I'm uncomfortable with filling the blank. That's okay. Because filling the blank is not your responsibility anyway. God is looking at you like, bro, I already had that covered. I knew when I called you as a vineyard that you also didn't know all the animals. 
I don't even want you wasting your time trying to figure out a plan on a strategy on how to go ahead and get all the animals. I want you to spend your time on the thing that I told you to do. I did not tell you to go seek that. I just told you who was going to be in the boat with you. Please don't confuse that as, okay, and now I got to do a part two plan. Your priority is the ark. Your priority is the building. Please don't try to go ahead and get busy and trying to figure out what fills the boat. That that's not your part. How do you know that God is building it and you're not? Because it's not convenient. Because there's part of the plan that you have no control over. And if you're honest, you're a little bit uncomfortable with like, oh, I really wish he would have did this when I was. I really wish he would have waited until. Yet it's not, it's not a part of your grandiose bright idea. And the other part of that is that God has to send the part that he is in, in charge of because the Bible says in verse 16, a male and female of each kind entered just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord closed the door behind them. Bruh, Noah didn't control the rain. Noah didn't know when it was actually, God didn't say, listen, two Saturdays from now, this is what's getting ready to happen. He didn't give him any of that. It was just like, oh, okay. How do you know when this is all about to get started? Because God is about to close the door when it's time to start. And there's a word right there. A lot of people think that God's plan unfolds when he opens the door. A lot of people feel like the thing actually is starting. Oh, okay. I can see that God is getting ready to do something in my life because who he brought into your life. Sometimes the, in the inception of God doing something new in your life and bringing you to a new level is the door that he's closing behind you. Yeah, he closed the door in that relationship for a purpose. He closed the door for that business on purpose. He closed the door on that particular thing on purpose because he's about to bring the rain. And the rain flushes out everything that's not going according to his plan for your life. Everything that is not no longer serving a purpose. Everything needs to serve a purpose. There will be no fig trees in your life. There will be no things that have leaves but don't have the fruit to feed you or to sustain you. He is flushing all of that out. And if you trust him enough, don't look at the time frame. Don't look at how long this is taking. Don't look at, but I'm uncomfortable here. Don't look at it, but you don't understand. I never really had to spend this much time in a boat ever in my life. Don't look Look at the shift. Don't look at the transition time that you're in. Look at the fact that, yo, if God is keeping me here for this long, then what he's building on the outside is going to be something dope. He told me what to do to sustain me in this place. Even though it's not the most ideal, it's not permanent. It is a transitional time frame. And so at some point you have to really, really zoom out the way that God forced me to and said, Am I building in vain? Am I building in vain? Or is God truly Lord and Savior over my life? That I believe that Jesus saved me. But did you pass on the reins of your life to say, and Lord, however you want to do this, whenever you want to do this, you have complete control and authority over my life. You will get my yes and my amen. God was really, really working on me with that. And so I want to leave you with Psalm 127 verse one and two once again, so that this reaches a part of your soul that your spirit can go ahead and conquer that part of you. Psalm 127, one and two, unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. 
Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. Two, it is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives his rest to his loved ones. Mm, I'm going to do it again. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries would do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night, anxiously working for food to eat. For God gives rest to his loved ones. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you give us the insight to see what you are building in our lives. And I pray that we relinquish complete control over our bright ideas so that our vision is not competing with your purpose and there will be no division in our lives. I pray that we go ahead and completely lay down at the altar our lives. For the Bible says the one that tries to hold on to his life will lose it. We do not want to lose anything in this season, Lord. We cast down anything and we rebuke ourselves even if it needs to be rebuked we cast down anything that goes against your perfect building process let us not be worried about the things that you don't have for us to do in mind let us not be worried about the small nuances that we don't we don't feel like we have enough information all gray areas have to go ahead and be filled by grace and mercy all gray areas have to go ahead and be filled by God let us be in complete obedience to what you said let us have that Noah expectation and that righteousness and that fellowship with you that when you say something it reads in the book of our lives that we did exactly as you commanded thank you God for building building something so miraculous and special and awesome in our lives. And I pray that we never look to our left, to our right, to go ahead and get our cues for what you want to do in our lives. I thank you for what you're building so that we will never build in vain again. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray through the blood of Jesus. Amen. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, I'm so full for what you're about to do in our lives. I'm so full for the revelation that you're bringing to our lives at this very moment. I'm so full. I'm so thankful. You are so awesome. Thank you. And thank you, Jesus, for us even having the ability to have the Holy Spirit for that awesome thing that you did on Calvary. Thank you. I pray that every part of this, this entire conversation was your challenge, by the way. My challenge for you is that you actually receive in totality, the prayer that God just impressed on my heart. You feel that? No, seriously, do you feel that in the spiritual realm? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not even going to try to put no words to it. Just let God do what he does. Just let God activate and move and do all the things. Listen, let him flow freely. Yeah, yeah. We're just fishnets. We letting God just pour in and pour through however he wants to do. Ooh, that's amazing. But listen, I feel like you got what you needed. Mm -hmm. You know what these conversations are, though, right? They are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's going to have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl. Listen, check me out, if you have not already, on YouTube. Created the number two, Multiply. That's on the YouTubes. And then created to multiply.com for all the things that are all the things, you know, I have the text in the blogging community on Patreon under strive in the letter in inspire.
I'm doing all the things to build the things that God said to build without ever looking at time frames or processes or paths. I truly just want to live in obedience and righteousness and let the book of my life read. And I did exactly how God commanded. Yeah, that's going to be my story. I ain't going to hold you. Mm-hmm. No competition, but you, you may want to go ahead and follow suit. Okay. But I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go because you have all kind of YouTubes and Patreons and stuff to look up. No no pressure, but very much giving you that pressure. (laughs) So we talk later, okay? All right, later.